Welcome to The Third Seat, brought to you by Croft & Frost. Our guarantee at Croft & Frost is to change the way you think, and this show is the catalyst to making that happen. In this show, we have open and honest conversations with a myriad of unique individuals because we believe in order to change the way you think, you need to hear other people's stories and experiences. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to rate and review the show with five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for joining us. Now pull up a seat and let's jump into today's episode. I'm excited to bring you all uh, my guest today. My guest is someone that I've gotten to know just a little bit chatting before we, we went on air here. I got to chat with them a month or two ago uh, via Zoom and just learning about their story and about what they do has been really exciting. And so I'm excited to dive into that story a little bit more uh, and learn more about who they are, what they do and, and how they got to where they are. So Reba, thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So for those that aren't aware of you and just what you do and, and your story, would you care to share just a little bit of, of the background on you and, and what it is that you do? Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I run a nonprofit. We are, uh, our home base here is here in Chattanooga. It's mm -hmm. called Dare for More. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, our home base is here, but we actually serve women not only in the United States, but around the globe. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of have these two legs here. Mm -hmm. So I started Dare for More back in 2006. Mm -hmm. Um, spent a lot of my career speaking, teaching, doing a lot of different things, all kind of with women in mind. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, really trying to encourage women, uh, help them find their way, help them find be successful, uh, make good choices in their life, depending on how old they were, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to be a college coach, so early in the back, in the early days, I was talking to a lot of college-age young women, mm -hmm. and uh, they're trying to navigate life, right? Yeah. And uh, so from that all the way to what I'm doing today, um, which, therefore, more we really help women find hope and healing mm -hmm. globally. We're working with women in crisis. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, safe houses. We have uh, women's training centers um, where we're really trying to speak into women's lives and say, okay, where are you at? How can we help you get on solid ground? Mm -hmm. How can we help you find a way? So we provide rescue, restoration. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. I love what I do. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, here in the U.S., I still speak. I do a lot mm -hmm. of speaking at women's events, uh, conferences, leadership events mm -hmm. um, as well as you know being able to be an advocate mm -hmm. for um, you know women that do experience crisis situations mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that still don't know what all is behind the scenes of words like human trafficking mm -hmm. poverty illiteracy mm -hmm. uh, you know even violence and domestic abuse mm -hmm. and things like that they don't understand how widespread that is and yeah. what a massive problem that is yeah. not just for women globally but mm -hmm. women right here in our own home hometowns yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And, and you said, correct me if you say you started in 2006, is that correct? Yeah, we launched the, we launched the organization officially yeah. in 2006. Okay. So yeah. 2000 to 2006, um, I'm speaking, traveling, yeah. doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but in 2006, I'm like, you know, maybe we... Yeah. Just make this thing a nonprofit, and yeah. let's see what happens. So you're 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 getting close to the the 20 year anniversary uh, of are. the launch. I know so, it's so kind of weird to think that yeah. it's been that long. I know, I know. So so now that you're nearing that, just for you, I know it's still a couple years away, but yeah. for you personally, I mean, uh, I, I asked you before, like you said, you you started this thing. You're the you you run the show right now, and what has what what is your just generally speaking, what's your experience been like just seeing the impact that Dare for More has made and just what has, uh, what in your opinion has just the last almost 20 years looked like for Dare for More so far? Uh, well, you know, um, never be, I, I've heard it said so many uh, times and I think it's true. Mm -hmm. um, don't be afraid to start small because mm -hmm. that was who we were. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I mean, I was a one-man band, you know? <laughs> I mean, You're playing all the instruments. I was playing everything, right? And, uh, I mean, you know, we did it all. You know, yeah. uh, we didn't have a staff. I didn't have a, you know, I didn't yeah. have a team. I, didn't, yeah. I, I was just me. <laughs> and um, trying to figure out what that looked like um, to start a nonprofit, to really be able to make an impact, mm -hmm. and, and also to, to leave a legacy, uh, more than just a fad or a phase, mm -hmm. but actually to do something that might leave a legacy um, that would be impacting women long after I was gone. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I don't really mean leave a legacy for me. Um, I'm not really looking to be famous, yeah. but to actually have something that would carry on long after I was gone. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of was in my mind. Uh, so, you know, we started small mm -hmm. and, uh, oh, you know, for 20 years, you just, you fight, you battle, uh, you experience the highs and the lows of starting any organization, business, whatever. There's always a lot of that. You learn so much about what not to do. Oh, yeah. You learn a lot about what to try to do and repeat. Um, and then, of course, you have to be keyword flexible yeah. because times change, mm -hmm. seasons change, and even our own cultural shifts happen, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're working with uh, or women. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be ready to be able to say, okay, what does it look like to pivot? Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you know, we just kind of are coming out of that COVID time yeah. when pivot was like the number one yeah. buzzword. Yeah. Of the, you yeah. know, it's like, what does it look like everybody. to pivot? Yeah. And, but it's true. I mean, yeah. we, you know, we've been pivoting for a long time now, but you hit moments like that, you don't see them coming. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, just being able to uh, be resilient, start small, be okay with that, mm -hmm. go hard. And uh, just because you're not an organization that has a thousand people in your employment doesn't mean you're not doing something. Yeah, yeah, and you know, something I've been, I've, I've, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but if I haven't, then this will be the first time, but something that I've been thinking about a lot, and I know I've talked to just other individuals in my life recently is, uh, I think it can be very intimidating oftentimes, especially as a young person, like you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do with your life, what do you wanna do, and there's <laughs> all, you know, you're told there's so much opportunity ahead of right. you, but for me, like, you know, like every day when I drive to work, I drive straight through downtown Chattanooga. I, li I live over in North Shore. I drive straight down yeah. through downtown. And like, there's bigger cities in Chattanooga, but there's still some big buildings in Oh, Chattanooga. absolutely. And, and I drive by it sometimes and I'm like, how did these things get here? Like, I, if, you, if you tasked me with like, building a company that would have a building that big in the next 20, I'm like, I don't even know where I would start. Like, sure. what, what am I supposed to do, you know? Yeah. And something I've just been reminding myself is that whatever it is that you, you wanna do, whether it's, you know, starting a business or starting a nonprofit, like what you yep. do, a key is just starting wherever it is that you can start. Absolutely. Because if I wanted to start a business and my goal was to make it have a, you know, a high rise in downtown, well, yeah. that's, that's not gonna happen overnight. That's no. not realistic to think of like, okay, no. tomorrow we're gonna start building, like that, that's not gonna happen. Right. But, you know, you can take the first step in finding out like what it is that your, build, your yeah. business is gonna be. Can you recruit anybody to be on your team? Like taking those yep. small steps and starting wherever it is that you can start because at the very least, you've taken that first small step to go farther than where you were when you began. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that's exactly what you're, you're attesting to here is, you know, whenever you started, you would have never known that almost 20 years later, your, you know, your nonprofit is where it is now, where it's, it's helping people both domestically and globally. Right. You didn't know that. And nope. if you were tasked with that, with, with that, uh, that, you know, um, if you were tasked with that whenever you first started, I would imagine, at least if it was me in that position, I'd be like, how am I supposed to do that? Right, no, but, yeah. But you started wherever it was that you could start and you worked with what you had and you may have been a one-man band for a little while, but here you are now and you've got, you yeah. know, it's rocking and rolling and it's happening, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, no, we had no idea that, especially the global part, <clears throat> 
You know, you, we never, I didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm. uh, we were really focused on women right here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and all of that. And still we do, you know, still a huge portion of what we do where we're still connected with women in the U.S. But as we begin to understand, okay, what is it like to help a woman? We realize that, man, there are so many women that are in massive crisis mm -hmm. that are not right here. Yeah. Um, and the big difference between us here in the U.S. and maybe a woman sitting somewhere else today is resources. Mm -hmm. You know, we have so many wonderful resources. Yeah. Now, you can choose to take them or not take mm -hmm. them, right? Yeah. But we've got the resources. Mm -hmm. They're there. Um, and most cities and towns have plenty of resources. But when you leave our shores and you go into places where we work, um, our goal really is to go into places where really there's not a lot going on mm -hmm. for women and helping them and try to establish something. So yeah. when we go into those places, many times there's little to no resources at yeah. all. And you're starting... So it's like the perpetual starting at zero. Mm -hmm. And you have to really believe in starting small and watching things grow. Um, because if you didn't believe in that, if you always had to see the big thing, then you're always skipping over a lot of people who need help. Mm -hmm. um, one life, mm -hmm. really, honestly, yeah. if you impact one life, your whole life, you've made a difference yeah. in the world. Um, if you can impact more, well, good for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And something I want to I wanna ask you about is, you know, you, you, you kind of, Talk a little bit about the work that you all do and, and in somewhat broad terms of talking about helping people in crisis and, and that can look like a lot of different things. Sure. Uh, but for you personally, I want to know what is, you know, a lot, a lot of the work that you do deals with parts of uh, people's lives that are not m very happy or not the most <laughs> positive parts of people's lives, to, to put it gently, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but for you, what is the most, like, exciting thing about the work that you do? Um, obviously, you're dealing with very intimate, you know, parts of people's lives, sure. I would imagine. You're dealing with things that... Uh, doesn't happen, you know, not everybody experiences it different ways, but it's, it's always, uh, I would imagine it's always somewhat of a complicated issue each time. But for you personally, what do you take away as just the most exciting thing that gets you excited to get up and do the work that you oh, do every single yeah. day? That, well, that was kind of easy for me to answer because I think even in our, in our mission and our vision statement, we use words like hope and healing. Mm -hmm. And those are, I mean, you know, those are big words yeah. and, you yeah. know, they mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but... And what we do, there's a moment. Um, there's a moment when, in fact, it just happened not too long ago. I was in Guatemala, and we have a, a skills training program there. Mm -hmm. And a woman is learning to bake mm -hmm. through our baking program. Uh, she's not learning to bake, though, in the traditional way, mm -hmm. right? Um, she doesn't have an oven. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have an electricity in her home. Um, she has a fire on the floor. Mm -hmm. And the concept that she could bake something, the idea that she could actually provide for her family, um, was was absolutely in her mind inconceivable. Yeah, yeah. The reason we're standing in her home at the moment mm -hmm. is what she was graduating from this baking program. Mm -hmm. And and the reason we had an opportunity to go there was because of her husband was violently beating her and her children. Mm -hmm. And she decided, now I mean this is this is not a sad podcast, yeah. but or you know, but I but I, I think this is reality. Yeah. She decided she was gonna take her life. Mm -hmm. Because it was the only way that her, she knew if she took her life, her husband would put her kids in an orphanage. Mm -hmm. And that was the only way she could see to rescue her kids. Yeah. So all of a sudden, this is where she stands. She's thinking about taking her own life. Yeah. She's dealing with massive abuse. And we have an opportunity to intervene in her life and say, hey, would you like to learn how to bake? Mm -hmm. And she's like, there's no way I can bake on, yeah. on a fire on the floor, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're like, yeah. I wouldn't we, know how to. We can. <laughs> you can. Right? So we've got this woman who's just an incredible woman, and, and she's invented this thing. And so... So 12 weeks later, this woman is now baking carrot cakes. Really? She's making banana breads 
Deli- I'm, and I'm not talking about like, eh, you yeah. know, that's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're kind of trying to just yeah. choke it yeah. down because yeah. this poor woman. No, yeah. no, I'm talking about delicious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. delicious food. Yeah. All right. She's making this stuff and she's selling the slices of that in her villages <laughs> to support her family. And through this whole process, her family has this massive transition yeah. and transformation. And so, so you ask me what it is that makes me want to do this every mm-hmm. day. It's sitting in her home. She's got two plastic chairs, like a lot of times the really cheap ones that you mm-hmm. could buy at the yeah. dollar stores, yeah. you know, that you sit outside. Yeah. I know exactly plastic. what you're talking yeah. about. She's yeah. got two. Everything else is dirt. I'm the honored guest, yeah. so I have to be sitting on yeah. one of these. Yeah. So I'm sitting on one of these plastic chairs, and I look up, and this woman is slicing carrot cake for her kids. And I look in her eyes, and she looks in mine, and there's hope there. Yeah. There's hope. And I know... When I see hope, Mm -hmm. which wasn't there 12 weeks ago, Mm -hmm. when I see hope, I know healing is coming next Mm -hmm. because that's the doorway. She's just kicked the door open Mm -hmm. because she now believes, wait a minute, maybe I do have a future. Maybe there is a way out of this. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't have to take my life. Maybe there is some hope for my kids. And, And the minute hope comes in, it's like the light breaks through. And when it does... There's so many good things that will follow. Yeah. Healing will begin to follow. And and there's is there a lot of hard work? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it cake easy? No yeah. way. Yeah. But hope is that beginning moment. So for me, the coolest thing is standing, whether it be, you know, at a, at a, after a conference I speak at at the U.S. and a woman comes up to me and she's like, man, I came here and I I, I just, I have hope. And you watch it in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Or whether it be sitting in a village somewhere on a plastic chair mm-hmm. with a woman cooking carrot cake on a fire on the floor mm-hmm. and eating that cake with her and celebrating that with her and looking at the hope in her eyes. When I see that, in fact, I said it that day. I'm in my plastic chair. I've got my plastic fork. I'm eating my <laughs> carrot cake. And, and I'm like, oh, let me die doing this. Yeah, yeah. Let me die doing this. Yeah. Because that's what gets me up in the morning it's what pushes you through hard days. It's what makes you say, no, I'm not going to quit, yeah. um, you know, uh, when things are not easy. It, it's it's seeing hope in people's eyes. And, and the cool thing, like just watching you tell the story, the cool thing about that is, at least to me, like baking in general, I mean, it can it can be complicated. You know, like, it, you know, I, sure. I, I've baked things before, but it can be very simple. It can be very complicated. But at the end of the day, like, baking something cooking anything is somewhat of a just a kind of a trivial tag like it's not groundbreaking it's not going to like change the trajectory of your life or anything but in a lot of ways something like that can like it, it's cool to see how something as small and as simple as that can really impact someone's life and even you know in different yeah. ways like you gave that example but also like when whenever you speak at an event I'm sure there are moments where you're thinking like, oh, this is going to be the moment where like it's going to get people. This is what's going to, this is going to be the tearjerker here. And and oftentimes it can be maybe just the way that you carried yourself, you know, on the stage or maybe just, it's just the way that you shook somebody's hand. It's it's not the things you really planned. It's the small moments that may not seem to have a lot of impact, but they truly do have the most impact and allow people to get on with whatever they're, you know, get past the hurdle that they're having trouble getting over. Yeah. You know, in, in a vacuum, a piece of carrot cake is, is what it is. It's just a piece of carrot cake. But for this woman, like, it was a potential gateway to get past the, the trouble that she had experienced oh. in her own life. And now, like, she's not only does she have a great carrot cake recipe, but she's got a runway before where she can go and do even greater things, you know? That's right. It's feeding her family. It's providing yeah. her an income. It's giving her a skill set she didn't yeah. have. Yeah. And all of those things provide an opportunity yeah. for change. Yeah. You know, and so you're right. 
Um, sometimes it's not as um, it's not as complicated sometimes mm-hmm. as we want to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also not as glamorous. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's just doing the simple things sometimes. Just seeing people saying, "I see you." Um, and I'm willing to sit here with you in this mm-hmm. and let help you figure this way forward. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I do want to say is that if if somehow in the future, if this if this lady or any other any other individuals get like an online store where they're selling selling their baked goods, I want to know. I want to yeah. I want to get a link to that where I can well, get a, get a piece shipped to the states, and I want to try out the the carrot the, cake. The carrot cake. Well, yeah. here here's another cool thing. <laughs> carrot cake is one avenue, right? Yeah. That we do. We yeah. have to have multiple, right? You, the skills, carrot cake program. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, so we're hoping <laughs> to offer. Uh, we also offer coffee. We've got coffee. Yeah. Now the coffee you can get, mm-hmm. so I may hold you up to this one okay, right here. Listen, All right, do you like well, coffee? Do I listen? I love coffee. Okay. I make it every okay. morning. I, I okay. have, I'm I'm one of those people that I really want an espresso machine. I really want to okay. get one. I haven't got one yet, but I've got like five different ways you can make the same cup of coffee at my apartment. So like, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm well, on board. Okay, so this is gonna blow you away. Yeah. So Guatemala's <laughs> famous for their coffee. They are, yeah. So we have a specialty grade coffee that scores like an eighty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, on which is really really good, mm-hmm. all right. And um, it is, it is the, the plants are they're harvested by women. Mm-hmm. The beans are harvested by women. Mm-hmm. They are grown by the women. Yeah. Uh, they are roasted by the women. They are bagged by women. And we have a subscription program as well as buy the bag program on our website, so you can actually get fresh Guatemalan coffee. You order it one day, one week later, it's sitting on your doorstep and roasted fresh at source in Guatemala, straight to your doorstep. Well, I, well, listen, I'm gonna do it then. So, if, they, yeah. if, if that's an option, like I'm, I, that I, is I an will option. need another bag of coffee yeah, at some point. I'm telling so you, it's really. Do it. You should try it. It's really good. That's so we've awesome. got, you know, we've got the baking thing, and and but we've also got sewing program. Yeah. So women are beginning to make a leather line. They're beginning to make a home goods line, mm-hmm. and uh, so all of those things are getting ready to hit our mm-hmm. our dare for more store yeah. on our website. Um, but all of these are just. You know, their means, they're, it's more than a bag of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not looking to start a coffee company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not looking to start a leather goods line. Yeah. Uh, but if I can, if that gives, brings a woman hope mm-hmm. and we can watch that woman find future in that, mm-hmm. absolutely, let's start a coffee company. Let's yeah. start a leather goods line. Let's do yeah. these things that create opportunities for women to be safe, mm-hmm. uh, to protect their kids, yeah. to put food on the table. Um, and, you know, that gets them out of the crosshairs of a lot of really bad people that would like to exploit them, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be through trafficking, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be through prostitution, yeah. or a lot of other means. Yeah, and, and also it shows them that they have value. Like Absolutely. They have something to offer, even if it's something as small as a loaf of bread or a bag of coffee that you know everybody uses in some way. Like It, it shows them they have something to contribute, no matter how big or how small it is. Like. They have something within themselves that they can contribute now, and who knows? Like it, that could be the catalyst for them to contribute greater things in the future. I mean, you absolutely. never know. No, um, absolutely. And that worth and that mm-hmm. value that they see—it's a, a job that brings dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that right there is part of the healing process. Yeah. That's it really awesome. is. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned before we started. You may have mentioned a little bit when we when we did start, but. Uh, in the past, you were a, a women's basketball coach, I was. And, and I want I want to ask you a little bit about that because I played basketball for okay. most of my life growing up. I played that in middle school and just uh, in, in high school as well. And it's it's always been my favorite sport. I watch it whenever I can. Uh, but I was curious about just just for you personally. Um, 
you were did you you uh, coached at Tennessee Temple? Is that correct? I did. Okay. Yeah, that's what uh, brought me to Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to know for you, like, what exactly was that experience like for you? What drove you to want to be involved in women's sports, and and how do you believe that that experience allowed you to be where you're at now? Uh, yeah, you know, it was. It's been a weird like route yeah. to get here, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, because I started off physical education major, got my master's in counseling, mm-hmm. and I wanted to coach mm-hmm. from the beginning. That was long-term vision. In fact, I wanted to um, to knock Pat Summit, you know, right off her yeah. top-tier spot there. That was the dream, right? Yeah. I actually got to meet Pat. It was really cool when really? I was coaching. Uh, I got to sit that's in awesome. on one of her practices. Kind, dear lady. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I had big aspirations mm-hmm. in coaching and, and really wanted to achieve those goals. So when I started off, got right out of co- – graduated from college, I went right into the university teaching ses- uh, setting, started in Wisconsin, then came to Chattanooga mm-hmm. um, – and loved loved coaching, loved mm-hmm. sports. I'm like you. I grew up starting, I mean, as a little kid. Mm-hmm. In fact, all of my baby pitchers, almost all of them, like a toddler, one, two, yeah. have a ball in it. And yeah. my mom would tell people, why does why do all of the her baby pictures? She said she would not. She would not smile till yeah. we put a we put a ball in there. And she's like, yeah, you know. That's I funny. mean, that was that was me. Yeah. So I just yeah. loved sports growing up. I had two brothers, mm-hmm. no sisters. Mm-hmm. So I spent ninety percent of my time outside. Yeah. Um, playing all kinds of sports. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, crawling through the woods we I mean any who whatever sport was in season if it was football we were playing football mm-hmm. you know in the backyard if it was baseball we were playing baseball yeah. so loving all of that loved basketball and um, was really planning on playing collegiate basketball myself mm-hmm. um, had those opportunities uh, and I had ACL tear mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm sitting on the brink of actually Signing yeah. the deal, inking it, and going. Yeah. All right, we're going to take the scholarship. Yeah, and I blew up my ACL. And back in the eighties, yeah, that was career. Ending. I mean, that that's that's tough nowadays. It, still. It's tough, but yeah, yeah but yeah. you know, you can kind of bounce back yeah. after a while. We've yeah. seen athletes do it, but in yeah. the eighties, you weren't bouncing yeah. back. You yeah. were just you were done. Yeah. So watched all of those again. The shifts of my life, mm-hmm. right? And um, loved coaching. Did it, and then. I loved pouring in. I think the ultimate thing for coaching was being able to pour into young women mm-hmm. and use sports as, a, as an opportunity to do that, to be able to speak into their lives, to be able to say, hey, look, that's a dead-end road with a lot of dead-end stuff on it. It's going to yeah. ruin your life. Don't go that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a coach can do that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, of course I loved winning and we loved playing. Yeah. You know, we loved playing and, yeah. and all that kind of good stuff, but also it was that opportunity to be able to invest in their lives. And mm-hmm. at the ultimate, I think that was the catalyst that actually caused me to leap out of coaching mm-hmm. because I began to have an opportunity to do that on a, on a bigger scale. I started getting invited to come speak mm-hmm. and um, I never, con- I mean, I taught in the university, but yeah. I never considered myself a speaker. Yeah. What was that? You yeah. know? And so uh, suddenly I get all these invitations to come to these conferences and speak and kind of talk about leadership and talk about young women and how to invest. And, and I'm like, man, I really love doing this. Mm-hmm. And that kind of grew into more and more and more. Um, and until the point in 2000, I stepped away from uh, my time at Tennessee Temple and kind of stepped out and started speaking full time. Mm-hmm. And uh, just and really that then turned around and led into Dare for More starting in 2006. Yeah. Um, and a lot of stuff I 
Uh, in fact, people tease and say when I speak, I still t- speak like a coach. <laughs> you know, I still, you know, I still am. I'm pacing. The, yeah. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm on yeah. the platform. I'm always moving. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, let's diagram this thing out. You You're know? pulling out X's and O's. Exactly. And like, oh, what's, what's happening here now? But you yeah. know, those kind of things that are just innate in me. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of God given. You yeah. know, it's just what God gave me. Yeah. Uh, he gave me the talents. He gave me the abilities. That he gave me all of that. Has just been taken from what was a court and a practice or a, or a, a game, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of been now moved over into a big this bigger arena of mm-hmm. working with women in crisis all around the world. Yeah. And so for that, it's, um, you know, there's still a lot of key principles that you just kind of, you bring across. I still work with a team. Mm-hmm. They just... There's a team of adult yeah. women now yeah, that, not running up and down that are helping <laughs> people, right? So, I mean, in some of those concepts, they're still true. Yeah. You yeah. know, and the game plan, you still have to execute. Yeah. You know, uh, you still have to know who you're playing against. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I could go on and on, but yeah. they're just saying, they're just these basic principles that are all still there. Yeah. And those kind of, they've, uh, they've been able to guide me through life. Because people ask me all the time, how do I get into speaking? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't map this out. Yeah. You know, I was a basketball coach. <laughs> I don't, you know, um, and, but this has been the trajectory of my life is yeah. I just think God has led my life and kind of directed me in this way. Yeah. Um, and I can just see, you know, I can see that, all everything I've been given is still being used. Mm-hmm. Just looks different. Yeah, you, you brought up uh, a couple times there speaking and, and you know the different speaking engagements yeah. that you that you go on, and that's something I want to ask you about because you know I, I see all the time. I mean, it's it's for one, like it's been well documented that a lot of people's like biggest fear is speaking in front of an audience, whether right. it's five people or five thousand people. Yeah. Like that is the thing that like shakes them to their. And I get it, like that can yeah. be tough at times. Yeah, um, but. I, I find like, you know, one thing people always ask like, how do you get into speaking? Something I'm, I'm always curious about is like, how do, how for you was was that transition into kind of becoming Reba Bowen, the speaker? What was that like for you? Like, did you ever, was this something that you just kind of naturally just went into and you just kind of took the bull by the horns and ran with it? Or was it something that you had to, I'm, I'm sure you had to practice at it, but was it something that you were kind of uncomfortable with at first or did you just kind of nail it right off the bat? I don't know that I nailed it right off the yeah, bat. Um, yeah. I was I was bold enough to try it right yeah, off the bat. Let's yeah. just say that um, I had an opportunity early on. Of course, you're a classroom, so mm-hmm. you got to think about it. Classroom yeah. is just a small That's audience, true. right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, in some of my classes, I taught psychology classes. So every kid in the school had to take Psych 101 mm-hmm. for almost you know. Yeah. So my classes could be 80 five to 90 kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got 85, 90 kids and that's my, you know, and so you're teaching every day. So you're used to standing up in front of, yeah. and honestly, I don't know if it gets any tougher than a college class audience. That's I mean, fair. it's a yeah. tough crew right yeah. there. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you're standing up in front of them all day long and you're, you're teaching and you're processing through. So you just kind of move from that arena into a, you know, into more of a public speaking arena where mm-hmm. you've got an auditorium maybe full of women or mm-hmm. a conference where there's a, a, a breakout session mm-hmm. or whatnot, you know, and you're speaking for that. And those kind of transitions, now I've had moments where it's been televised. Yeah. Um, it's been, uh, you know, it's been timed. It's mm-hmm. been, um, I, I'll never forget when the big screens came out. Yeah. Uh, now that was like, when I first started speaking, there were no, you weren't, you <laughs> yeah. know, a hundred feet, yeah. you know, hanging, yeah. you, know, I, you weren't that. And then all of a sudden <laughs> those came out and I'll never forget the first time 
I'm walking and speaking into an auditorium. And there I was, yeah. like, you know, everywhere like, oh I looked, I was massive on yeah. the screen. I was like, can we turn those off? That's <laughs> awful. You know, but that's when you start to get really a little bit subconscious. Yeah. You know, you're thinking, yeah. okay, wait a minute, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, through the years, it's something that I was born to do. Yeah. So I've never really been panicked or nervous mm-hmm. or or just anx- really anxious about it. But, yeah. I, you know, I think as I've got older, I've really tried to hone my skills. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I try to know my audience, mm-hmm. and I've tried to do a better job. Continue get to continue to get better mm-hmm. uh, at being a speaker. Um, but I think there's a, for some of it, it was some of it I've been wired with. Mm-hmm. It's just part of my gifting, yeah. and the other of it is just you know practicing and learning because it's yeah. important uh, to nail what you want to say yeah. in your time. And, and it's cool to me, like as someone that now just due to my job and like I, I speak a lot you know not necessarily like in front of massive audiences or anything but I, I speak a lot more than I, than I used to now and sure you know it's something that I think a lot of people at least myself like I see people that can speak in front of large crowds or they just know how to whether even if it's a small crowd like they know how to uh, really impact the people they're speaking to whether it's a large crowd or small and I think it's really cool because it's it's such a it's a for one it's a skill that you know, when someone says, how do you get into speaking? Like, there's not a direct way. There's not like a, hey, if you take this course, you'll be on the stage. Right. And that, no, you know, no, there's not. Yeah, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. not like a direct way to to be put in those positions. And even at that, the the best way that I've found and that I've been told to get better at it is just to do it. To so do you kind of have to put yourself in these positions True. if that's what you want to do. Or if you want to get better at it, really the only way to do it is just to do it. You know, yeah. there's not many, I mean, there's like public speaking courses, but those are those are different. You know, they, yeah. there's nothing really like the, the, the actual thing of speaking to, whether it's one person or, you know, a thousand people, whatever it is, there's nothing truly like that to hone the craft of whatever. You no, know, there's whatever not. And you know, about. in the current, uh, you know, tech world that we live in, <clears throat> we spend a lot of times, just like we are here today, mm-hmm. um, talking to cameras. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a difference between talking to a camera and a live audience. Mm-hmm. Some people are comfortable in front of the camera yeah. with no audience, yeah. but other but they're panicked in an audience. Yeah. Other people are the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but learning how to hone those skills in both of those places mm-hmm. for today to be able to effective today is an important. So I think anybody who really wants to maybe have their voice heard mm-hmm. can has an advantage that you didn't have 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and that is you start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Now. Nobody may be watching, yeah. but it's a place for you to hone there, your skills. There's a much lower barrier for injury now. That's exactly yeah. right. You yeah. can start a YouTube channel. You can get a camera. You can buy some cheap lights from Amazon, mm-hmm. grab you a microphone, and you can just start talking. Yeah. And um, and you can hone your skills, and mm-hmm. you can get better, and you can figure all that out. Um, you know, and then... You know, there's all, and then there's also opportunities and platforms. Probably one of the most nervous times I've ever been is when I did a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. That eight, you got 18 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Now that's what scared me. It yeah. wasn't speaking that scared me. It was I have to say it all in 18 minutes. Yeah. And being able, and there's not really a per se a clock somewhere. You know, yeah. so you're you got it in your mind, and you're thinking, okay. Yeah. This is where I need to be, and this is I need to be hitting this marker at this mm-hmm. point. And yet, you don't want to appear as if that's what you're doing at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because it was funny. Like, uh, whenever I initially came across you, I connected with you on LinkedIn and chatted with you. I didn't even realize that you had delivered a TED Talk before. I didn't, I didn't even that for some reason I, I didn't realize that. And you had mentioned it to me, and I went and checked it out and, and watched a little bit of it. And I wanted to ask you about it because. 
correct me if I'm wrong, whenever you delivered your TED Talk, that was the year where there was there was no audience. No audience. Normally TED Talks are in front of, at the very least, a small audience, but yes. some of them are massive audiences, yes, you right. know. Uh, but this was, yes, this I'm was assuming this COVID. was, yeah, I'm, saying this, I'm assuming this was, was, was COVID, during 2020. They just, or, yeah, they decided know, to go 20. ahead and go with the event yeah. and just do it online. Yeah, and so I want to ask you what that experience was like because whether you are, talk, talking to a camera can be weird for really anybody, especially like I know, uh, you know, whenever I was in school, like we had online classes and some of the professors, like they'd never done that before. Right. So it was kind of weird for all of us. Like we really didn't know how to yeah. make sense of it. And even at that, like a, a big part of speaking, whether it's one person or it's with a bunch of people is seeing the reaction to what they're saying. Oh, absolutely. If I say something and you have like a weird reaction to it, I know that, okay, I, I messed up somewhere. Yeah, I say it said. again. <laughs> yeah, but with what you're saying, like, I want to ask you what that experience is like because, like you said, it's not only timed, yes. but you, but you have a specific, uh, you know, theme or, or message that you're trying to deliver. Mm-hmm. But then you have no gauge as to whether it's going good or not. You're yeah. just there delivering it to a wall or a screen or a TV or something. Yeah. You know, uh, what was that like for you? Just that that unique experience with that. Yeah, you know, it was really different than what we <clears throat> yeah. originally planned. I, I we were so. planning on having an auditorium full yeah. of people that yeah. were going to watch that TED talk. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the the producers of that called and said, "Okay, we're going to switch to to virtual." Mm-hmm. And um, we're like, okay. So for me, um, you know, you don't have that audience reaction, mm-hmm. which is huge for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, fortunately, I had I had launched a few things because during this time period, when you speak for a living mm-hmm. and you get it, you're 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 trying to help people. Um, you don't want to just kind of say, okay, well, whenever COVID lifts, I'll get back out there. Yeah. So, you know, I did that very same thing I talked about just a while ago. I mean, I got a camera, I got some lights, I got a cheap, you know, I, did, I didn't have, we didn't have truckloads of money either because yeah. everybody's under, operating under a COVID budget now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but you got what you could, you set it up in a little room in my house and I just started talking <laughs> to, to the lens, yeah. right? And so you get a little more comfortable with that, but still, Ted is a little different, yeah. you know, than, yeah. than that. So thankfully, there were a room full of cameramen yeah. and people that were running lights. And pe- I mean, pe- I don't know, there were probably at least 15 or 20 people in the room mm-hmm. doing some sort of something. Yeah. And so for me, I was um, pivoting from camera to camera to camera to camera yeah. as if I would be talking to an audience. Yeah. And I was, I would just kind of glance over the top of the camera and look and catch eyes with the cameraman. Yeah. And and like, and if he is like engaged, yeah. I'm going, okay. That's all you needed right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm making sense. Yeah. And if he's not engaged, yeah. I'm going, uh oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was, uh, I was glad, you know, it was over with and, and uh, the, you know, they were, they were really kind of clapped and everything. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. Maybe yeah. we, we made sense yeah. in this 18 yeah. minutes that yeah. we tried to try to encourage. Yeah, that's funny. And you know, I, uh, for those, if, if you're listening, watching, uh, I, I'll, I'll include a link for the TED Talk. I watched it today uh, just in, in preparation for this and listened to it a couple times, and I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was great, and, and you know, it was uh, an 18-minute speech of any kind is no joke, uh, but then again, to do it in a coherent way that makes sense and gets your message across to a couple people in a camera is impressive in and of itself. Uh, but I want to ask you just, if, if you don't mind, to just kind of Share a little bit about what it was, what, what your message was uh, during that talk. I know it was a little over a few a few years ago, but yeah. uh, you made this really kind of cool 
distinction of, of why it is that we as individuals are drawn a lot of times towards superheroes. Yeah. Uh, I know during 2020, like right before that was the, and you kind of mentioned this, was like yeah. the apex uh, of the Avengers of the series Avengers Marvel. Series. And so like yeah. it was big in the media, you know? Yeah, it was. Uh, and so just kind of, if you don't mind, just dive into what it is, uh, the message you were trying to get across and, and kind of this this theme of, you know, the superheroes versus the bad guys that you were sharing during the Yeah, speech. you know, I think there's something <clears throat> innate in all of us from kids mm -hmm. that loves a superhero. Mm -hmm. And we identify with one or the, you know, maybe when you were a kid, it was Superman yeah. or Batman and Robin yeah. or, you know, you get, you know, Wonder Woman. was yeah. real, When I was a kid, yeah. you know, Wonder Woman, it's like, man, she's cool. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. a girl superhero, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, and then we get into the current culture where you do, you have, mm -hmm. you know, the whole Marvel series mm -hmm. and you've got, you know, everybody from Iron Man uh, to Captain America yeah. to, you know, the Hulk and all these guys that are out there getting it done. And... There's something as a kid that I want him. I want that because yeah. what I want is I want that superpower. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we want to fly. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we, you know, we want to drive that cool car and yeah. fly and we want to do all those things those superheroes do. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, we want to save the world mm -hmm. in some way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, but you get to be an adult. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's just. I'm that's, never going to shoot webs out of my hands, that's, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm yeah. never going to, you know, sling sling webs across yeah. the building. And you kind of get into this adult where it was like, okay, well, you know, I really can't be a superhero because they don't really exist. Yeah. But the whole TED Talk was the fact that everybody does have a superpower. Mm -hmm. You just might not see it like that. Yeah. Um, no, we're not slinging webs and no, we're not flying. Mm -hmm. But there's a skill set. There's an ability. There's a unique thing about about you specifically. Mm -hmm. There's nobody else like you on the planet. Mm -hmm. You are unique in your in your skills, your abilities, your personalities, your temperament. All of that kind of comes together to make this very unique, one-of-a-kind individual mm -hmm. named Daniel. Mm -hmm. And that means you have something to give the world that not, that not another person on this planet can give to the world. And mm -hmm. that is your superpower. Mm -hmm. And I think as you know, as as long as you're breathing air, you add to that giftedness, whether you take on a new skill, whether you hone an old one, whether you take something that's a natural gifting and really sharpen it and make it great. Um, but all of that, you bring that to the table. And I was kind of talking about that in light of nonprofits, mm -hmm. uh, because that's the world I live in. Yeah. And you know, nonprofits, you usually have a limited number of funds, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. and, and nonprofits are always needing to raise money. Yeah. Um, but there's, and a lot of times people think, well, that's how I'll help a nonprofit. I'll write a check. Yeah, yeah. And then people say, well, I can't write a check, so I don't guess I can help that nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 wait a minute. You know, there are people who do, just what we're doing right now, there's people who know videos and lights and cameras. Mm -hmm. Well, nonprofits need to learn how to tell their story. Yeah. And, and that may be your superpower. Mm -hmm. And so you may not have to write a check, but you could say, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll give you guys some time. I'll help you guys set some stuff up and I'll teach you how to tell your story really well. Yeah. Um, there's people who are photographers, people who are videographers, people who are uh, attorneys, people who uh, do CPAs, they're tax, mm -hmm. they do taxes, yeah. people who are medical. And all of that, it's like, okay, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, wait a minute, do you know there's probably a nonprofit, probably a bunch, that could use that skill set mm -hmm. that you have, that particular, and that shit becomes your superpower. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can write a check. We love checks, yeah. but we also love it when somebody says, "Hey, you know what? Um, let me give you. I'm going to volunteer some time mm -hmm. for you, and I'm going to I'm going to give you my superpower, yeah. and I'm going to help that or your organization because I believe in what you're doing. I'm going to help you guys do something you couldn't do 
without me. Yeah. And or without somebody like me. Yeah. And oh my word. I mean, when stuff like when people like that start stepping up to the plate and start mm -hmm. making a difference, um, I gave an illustration in that TED talk mm -hmm. about some hairdressers yeah. that went with me to the Dominican to the Dominican Republic, mm -hmm. and we were working with some women there who'd been rescued off the streets, and um, they're they're prostituting themselves to feed their kids. Yeah. Okay, and they needed skills. So I got hairdressers from the U.S. Okay, go down, and I mean, they're doing, they're teaching these women how to do hair, mm -hmm. and they're cr and they're just crying. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with all yeah. of y'all? You know, something's not going right right. here. Right? What is? And is they're like, we just, you know, of course, yeah. women here. They're like, yeah. we just never thought of being yeah. a hairdresser we could help like this. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was this cool moment to say, you know what? That's your superpower. Yeah. And a lot of hairdressers are like, doing hair is my superpower. Yeah. It was, and it is for those women. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so being able to teach your skill, bring your skill to help a nonprofit, um, all of those kind of things. And, you know, so, I, you know, I encouraged that TED Talk was like, yeah. look, there's a lot of bad guys out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Marvel, they all gathered. Mm -hmm. Superheroes all gathered mm -hmm. to take on the big bad guy yeah. at the end. And, and, um, and I loved it, yeah. right? Yeah. And it still it still takes that. Yeah. It it it's not going to be one. It's not going to be two. Yeah. It takes a lot of people bringing their collective gifts and talents and abilities together and saying, you know what, we're going to work together. And in doing so, we bring down evil. Mm -hmm. We change the trajectory of people's lives, and we make a difference. And you can do it through your gifting and your school in your skill set. It doesn't have to be mine. I'm feel, I'm feeling just ready to go now. Like I feel like yeah. I'm just like I, yeah. I feel like I'm about to suit up as like an yeah. Iron Man or something now. You well, know? I mean, you have a lot of skills. You do, and you're unique in you. So I promise you, there there's a lot of things that you're maybe passionate about, and you're like, okay, where could I where could I lend my skill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I love it, and and I, I really like that that the way you kind of painted that picture because, you know, it can be so easy to look at. Even in it, like it can be easy for someone to attend an event and you're up there speaking. It's like, wow, like she's doing this thing on the stage. Like I could never get up right. on stage to do that. Like, well, I guess I'll just go and do whatever it is that I do. And yeah. maybe that person's superpower isn't to get up on a stage and speak to people. But right. Not everybody needs to do that. No. Not everybody. If everybody is speaking, then that doesn't. You can't make sense of anything. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so it's cool to kind of reevaluate and reframe our lives that whatever it is that you do, whether you're speaking, whether you're a hairdresser, whether you bake carrot cakes in, your, in exactly your house, right. that's that's a way that you can contribute uh, in a positive way Absolutely. abroad, or, you know, or even in a small manner at home, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can make a difference. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think it's really cool. And, and like I said, if you're watching, listening, you want to check it out, uh, then I'll put the link for that in the description. I highly recommend you go check it out. It's uh, like I said, it's about 18 minutes long. 18 minutes long, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's great. It, it really is good, and, and and you know, it's 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 wonderful. So I, I really think you did a great job Thank with it. You. All things considered, I know there was no audience there. No, there it was, was probably a little weird yeah. speaking to a few camera people and and a and a, and a camera, but I think it was great. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, before we kind of wrap things up here, I want to ask one more thing for you. So we we talked briefly about how you're beginning to near the the 20 year mark uh, of the official 20 year mark, yes. I guess, of of Dare for More and. As you're nearing that, I'm, for me, like times like that are always a time for reflection and mm -hmm. like you know thinking about where you come from. That's what sure. people do every year at the end of the year. You know, it's like okay, thinking about what the last year was, hoping for what yeah. the next year will bring. For you, 
What do you hope that, for however long you do this, what do you hope that the, the message is that you leave uh, for, whether it's 20, 30, 40, however many years that Dare for More goes on in the future, what do you hope is the lasting message of the work that you do that people can take with them even after you're gone and you know, someone else has filled your shoes? Yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big question. <clears throat> yeah. uh, because there's so many things that you would say, boy, I would love for this to be said. Mm-hmm. Or for, for the organization to mm-hmm. have met these things. Yeah. But I think, you know, if we can continue to deliver this message of hope and healing, mm-hmm. um, and for people to be able to understand that there is hope. There is hope. Mm-hmm. In a world where there doesn't seem to be a lot of it, mm-hmm. there is. And... Um, you know, and being able to, to know that uh, I think that God loves you and, and that we love you and that we really want to see positive things happen in your life and, mm-hmm. you know, in one way or the other. Yeah. For me, that is, that's a huge message for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want them to, because I believe it's the pathway to freedom, it's the yeah. pathway to healing, and it's the pathway to a future. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I had to say, hey, when it's all said and done, what do I want people to know or what do I hope we're accomplishing? Yeah, I hope we have lots of safe houses and mm-hmm. I, hope we're, I hope we're in multiple countries and I, mm-hmm. hope we're, I hope women are really graduating from programs and their families and lives are changed. But, you know, I want those women, whoever they are in whatever capacity, to say, you know what, there is hope and I found it. Mm-hmm. There is healing and I have found it. Mm-hmm. There's a future for me and I'm living it. Mm-hmm. And in that, that right there to me, uh, is going to last for eternity. Yeah. It's going to last a whole lot longer than I'm going to be around. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. And, and I have no doubt, like, you know, especially when you take any any business, profit, nonprofit, uh, you know, the fact that you're doing the work that you're doing domestically, but also globally, like, I have no doubt that that message will continue to uh, move forward and, and spread. And uh, I, I can't wait to see where you go in the future. I think it's going to be awesome. So yeah, I'm me looking too. forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You never know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well. Before we finish up here, I want to just say thank you uh, very much for, for coming on. It's been great getting to chat with you and just learn about you, the work that you do, uh, and just just hearing your story and how you got to where oh, you thank are. Thank you, Dan. Before we finish up, uh, just as a thank you to you, uh, I want to give you the chance to to have the floor. Uh, so whether you want to give a shout out to somebody, or whether you're working on something that you want to talk about, that you want to promote, or sure. if you just want to say hi to somebody, whatever it is one of you okay. that you want to do, I want to give you the floor. So. Reba, the floor is yours. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I tell you what I will say. We are we've just we've just opened a brand new division of Dare for More in Guatemala, mm-hmm. and Guatemala is third in the world for murder against women. Um, over seventy-seven percent of adolescent girls end up being pregnant in their in their teenage years, and most of that's due to violence. It's not due to a choice that a girl made with a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's due to rape. It's mm-hmm. due to a violent act upon them. So. There's a huge need there, and we are, you know, we're raising funds right now to build a safe house and to, to, to get a property there to find, uh, to be able to, to give those women a place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, uh, you know, if I have a chance to give a shout out, I am unashamedly going to say, go to our website and look at what we're doing. And if you feel led to be a part of what we're doing, whether it's giving and helping out the safe house, uh, whether it's going with us actually on a trip to Guatemala to see what we're doing, mm-hmm. there's opportunities to do that. Um, you know, or whether it's grab some coffee or, or buy a bag or you know, do some things and really engage mm-hmm. with us. And not, not because of me or not because of anything, but really knowing that when you engage, you're making a difference 
for a woman mm -hmm. and for her children mm -hmm. and for her family. Uh, and that really, right now specifically, we're targeting Guatemala right now. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge need that we have. And mm -hmm. so I would say, if you're going to let me say anything I want to in the last couple minutes, go I'm going to say, please go to our website, check it out, partner with us, sponsor, sponsor, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of our programs, uh, give to this fundraising event that we're doing uh, to be able to get our safe houses open and the door, a uh, brand new safe house open and the doors open. So that would be, you know, that'd be the big thing. And if you've got a skill, yeah. right, if you've got a way you want to be a part, come join us, be a part of what we're doing. Uh, because it, I, I really believe, this is what I believe to be true. I believe when all is said and done, I can't put it in a U-Haul and take it with me. Mm -hmm. So what I do is is going to matter, mm -hmm. and and I can promise you, get involved and it will matter. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I will definitely uh, put the the link for the web, for your website. Yeah, thank uh, in the description. you. So thank you. If you're listening, watching, want to check it out, that yeah. will be in the description as well. I'll put uh, the link for the TED Talk that'll be down there, okay, and also cool. your uh, your LinkedIn account. So if, if yep. you're listening, want to connect with Reba, yeah, chat absolutely. With her, Ask questions. That'll, that'll be down there. Yep. Are there any other links or anything like that that should be down there? You know, we're on social beneficial? media. Um, yeah. They can find us on Instagram. They can find us on Facebook. You know, so they yeah. can connect with us in those ways if they like to. Um, but yeah, I think those would be the biggest ways. To connect okay cool yeah. well i'll put those down there so Thanks. like i said if you're if you're listening you're watching you want to check those out then feel free to head down to the description those will be down there uh, i recommend checking them out giving reba a, a follow connecting with her on linkedin chatting with her sometime and uh she's a, a great woman to chat with so i definitely recommend getting in touch with her um but yeah with all that being said i want to just say thank you again for coming on thank you it's been a, a pleasure getting to chat with you yeah. you've been a wonderful guest to speak with today and uh i i just wish you nothing but the best in the future and i'm excited to see where you all go in the future thank you yeah. thanks for having me i yeah. really enjoyed being here of course of course and for all of you that are watching and listening thank you very much for uh just taking part in today's episode i hope that you enjoyed it uh, i want to just again thank you for listening in and tuning into the show um we appreciate your support and we'll catch you again on another episode in the future bye everybody